0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: Hello and welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena.
0: And I'm Monissa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're talking about chapters 33 through 36 of the Hidden Oracle. Erin, I don't love this book.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. Is it the wrapping? (laughs) It's a lot of wrapping. It's just like (laughs) everything that comes out of this
0: this child slash God's mouth. is just like so out of pocket and we're out of pocket, but at least we're funny. This just kind of feels (laughs) like Rick had a
1: stroke while he was writing. The characterization of Apollo I feel like in this book, like, obviously, he's got to have character growth, but he starts off pretty rough.
0: Like, if he's the bar is below the ground, only way he can grow is up, right? Yeah, yes. But having it's kind of okay. So I think also the problem is I walked into the rereading of um, Heroes of Olympus, remembering that I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised when we read it. And I wasn't surprised when The Lost Hero was not good. Yeah. But I have mm-hmm. been just been told of how much people love this series that I kind yeah. of expected perfection. I think I had too yeah. high of expectations. I liked mm-hmm. the first half of this. I thought it was interesting. And it was kind of whimsical. Yes. This second half has been insane. It's, yes. <laughs> it's what is the point of the second half? Like, I could have done without it? Yes,
1: um, it's definitely like setting up the plot for the rest of the books like this overarching like villain and what they're trying to do with all the oracles but um i think anytime the ants show up it just <laughs> i think it rick twitching has, in
0: the corner i think
1: that rick has has a problem with them
0: he's like trying to connect to the youths in the worst way yeah. possible
1: Well, it's also the singing. I know that like in (laughs) any book, any book, like it can be the most beautiful book. Anytime they sing, I'm immediately turned off because I can't really like in my head, I can't make up tunes. I'm not a musical person. Like it just doesn't work. So I can't really hear it. So they just sound stupid in my head. And it like it always really takes me out of like a story when they start singing because I think it's funny.
0: Like this is why
1: I don't think I could ever read the Lord of the Rings books because apparently Legolas sings a lot and like I don't think I could have any respect for him. Isn't that incredible? I think they all sing a lot, but apparently like the elves are always singing in the books. So I don't think I think anytime like a character sings and some people maybe some people love love the singing in books, but I don't personally love it. It's not for me.
0: There's very few books that singing works. Like for me, I I thought the singing in Daisy Jones and the Six was really good oh, because it yeah. made sense. You could read yes. it as poetry rather than as like singing. Yes. And it was more about the aesthetic of like what you can imagine it's supposed to be like. Whereas mm-hmm. when Apollo makes up stupid lyrics I'm singing them in the way it probably sounds which is stupid and so when people start (laughs) reacting by sobbing and crying and stuff like that I'm like oh are you sure then like you know my ego gets in the way I was like I wouldn't be affected by Apollo singing personally
1: (laughs) this is that good old hubris yeah yeah but I definitely like went into this book the first time I read it with really low expectations because I had just read Heroes of Olympus and I feel like I liked Heroes of Olympus more the second time I read it. The first time I read it, I was kind of disappointed because I loved Percy Jackson. I had seen a lot of hype about Heroes of Olympus on, like, Percy Jackson TikTok. And then I was just kind Mm -hmm. of, like, disappointed by the plot, but really liked the characters. And so I think rereading it, like, going and knowing the plot was not going to be my favorite Mm -hmm. and to focus on the characters. I loved that. So I had really low expectations for this series. And then I remember being pleasantly surprise that I actually liked um I I a lot of the the overarching plot like I remember it it stuck with me so yeah I'm I'm taking it with
0: a grain of salt I know it's probably going to improve as yes. the books go on it gets established yeah and the thing is the thing I've been asking for which is to have them stay at camp is happening in this true book, and I'm keeping like why aren't they leaving and doing a quest yeah and You're so, too used to it. I'm too used to it. I also just like feel like there can't be any growth happening unless yeah. they leave. And it does feel like that. It feels really stagnant. And yeah. so I guess I have not been enjoying that very much. Next episode, we're done with the book. Yes. And it just feels like not much has happened, even though it has set up a whole series. I know yes. that. It just feels like not much has happened.
1: Yeah. Because this whole book, like the the barrier or obstacle in this book is that there's no prophecies given to create quests so the entire book is them working to get the prophecy to create the quest of the next four books i think i think that's what the prophecy i don't think they get a new i don't know i don't remember but funny that i just said i remember the plot but (laughs) um, it's I think that's why this, I don't know what people's general feelings are about this series, like which book is their favorite, but I don't, I I could, I would probably guess that the first one isn't a lot of people's favorite. I think the third yeah. one's really well liked.
0: Well, it's been fun because everyone has just been really neutral in the sense of like, they're just excited for me to experience yes. the series. They haven't personally told me any of their opinions, yeah. which I'm really grateful for. Yeah. So I walked in. It's just like when I complained about the Heroes of Olympus, a lot of people were like, well, Trials of Apollo does a good job. Yeah. X, Y, and Z. Trials of Apollo is better plot-wise. And so I walked in being like, this is going to be like OG Percy Jackson because my, my issue with Heroes of Olympus was there's just too many POVs. Yeah. And we're back to single POV, and we're back to like a more of a humor-laced main character and some parts are hitting really well, some parts aren't. So I'm just mm-hmm. like,
1: this, the, this
0: episode of chapters was just not... It
1: cool was not the best. It was not the best uh, group of chapters that we've had so far. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, to summarize what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to it with more dancing, more mama, and some more destruction of camp.
1: I think it's mama that makes me lose my mind. It's him yeah. calling her mama.
0: And um. then just like interacting with her, and it's just, like it, there's like a almost like a sexual layer to it when he Ew. talks to mama. Okay, I didn't know. No, get that you don't read mama. that. I got I don't that. Read he's like that. whispering sweet nothings into her ear, and he's like,
1: "No, he's not whispering. He's rapping. <laughs>
0: he's, that's true. He's rapping at her, and he's like trying to like interact. And he's like, this how off. we
1: seduce people? You
0: rap at them
1: <laughs> and call yeah. them mama?'"
0: And then do some great dance battle moves.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do. I respect a dance battle. You know, I think that this book is Glee. I think we were right. Is
0: it's so much singing,
1: dancing? There's so much. Apollo's a bit of a Rachel Berry. You know, like he thinks he's the star. He needs some character growth.
0: Chiron is a will shyster, unfortunately, roping in children.
1: Yeah, Chiron is. An incompetent adult making the children, yeah. living through the children. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on here that could be a- alluded to Glee. There is not like a but, teen pregnancy though. so
0: That's true. Unlike yeah. Glee. There are gay people Glee songs.
1: The, that uh, is true. Trials of Apollo is like gay Percy Jackson. So like that's Glee. Mm-hmm.
0: Glee is you know. the gay what?
1: <laughs> the, and the one gay character <laughs> was like a big deal <laughs> at the time in like what? 2012?
0: But the difference is Glee every time an episode aired, it had one at least one to two songs. Yes. Hit iTunes number one.
1: And you know what? Like, there's so many songs that as an adult I hear and I'm like, I'll just turn to Mike and be like, you know where I know the song from? glee because <laughs> it's like, it's like i only songs. know the
0: glee version like yeah. it's like a
1: lot of classics that i wouldn't have grown up listening to necessarily unless my parents played it and i learned them through glee so like it it did some work but you're right and the worst part is they're mashed
0: not... they're in glee there were mashups so i like expect a different line and it's like oh yes. it's the song is still continuing yeah no it's pretty horrible
1: yeah but apollo's rap would not make the charts so that's where it no. differs he's no rachel Berry. <laughs> Sylvia Fair does not rap, does she? I hope not. I no, wouldn't no. be surprised if that was a plot point. Mr. Schuster wrapped a gold digger. I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> I have chapters 33 and 34. Chapter 33. Parting is sorrow. Nothing about it is sweet. Don't step on my face. I kind of feel like Apollo does have a step-on-my-face kind of energy, though.
0: Very much. Yeah. I mean, the way he's interacting with Mama. Like, come Mm -hmm. on. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel
0: like every Mama's boy has a step-on-me.
1: Is he a Mama's boy? Who's his his mom's Leto? Lito. Yeah, he talks about how he knows how to control
0: her because he can whisper, like, flattering things into her ears.
1: And he has, like, daddy issues, which makes him probably Mm -hmm. more of a Mama's boy. He, Mm -hmm. like, clings to her. Oh, the psychoanalysis. Okay, so this chapter is like prophecy central, a lot of rhyming going on. It was like, I got to get my prophecy voice. I was like, I knew there were prophecies coming because I saw the italics and I was like, ooh, Sam, you're going to have to edit prophecy music. And then I read the prophecies and I was like, I feel like these mm-hmm. don't warrant like dramatic music. They're more like funny music. We'll see. Like circus
0: music in Sorry. the background.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The trees are unhinged. Mm. Apollo is in the grove and he's looking for signs of Meg. He can't find her, but he does hear the trees trading bits of verse that he believes carries the weight of prophecy, but still aren't focused enough to make sense. He overhears the following from the trees. Caves Caves of blue strike the hue, westward burning, pages turning. Indiana, ripe banana, happiness approaches. Serpents and roaches. Do you have any interpretations of these words of wisdom? Any predictions um, since you are the hidden oracle making predictions yeah, for this series? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's
0: so cute! Right? Uh, Caves of Blue seems like it's either going to be like an underwater cave or yes. a sad cave. Like those are the only two options. Yeah. Um, westward Burning it sounds like a California wildfire. Oh. Indiana, I know Indiana, this takes place in Indiana, like a lot of this book or this series takes place in Indiana because we've had a couple of lightning bolt questions come way before that was like, oh, do you know, like what we call ourselves in Indiana Mm. and stuff like that? And we, you and I I hadn't had a conversation about Indiana. I don't remember, but I was just like, odd, must come up later. So (laughs) I saw Indiana here and I was like, reminded about that. There
1: it is. Ripe
0: banana. Maybe it's a smell
1: I don't
0: know. um, I don't know. Happiness approaches serpents and roaches. Like, serpents and roaches makes, like, he has to fight Python, and roaches is clearly, like, you know, all the annoying people in his life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Good job. Mm. Thank you. So as Apollo goes deeper into the woods, still searching for Meg, the trees become more conversational, like they start kind of just like asking him questions, but he's like humming a, a note to himself to try to keep himself sane, because it's all very distracting. I feel like it's like how my mind feels. <laughs>
0: Not if you don't hum, you're gonna go insane.
1: There's like constantly like <laughs> all these thoughts Anyway, he finally finds Meg at the center of the grove on the far side of the largest oak tree. Meg is overwhelmed by the voices. Also, Peaches is there, and he's overwhelmed, and he keeps listing other fruits, which I Mm -hmm. thought was funny. I really like Peaches. He's my favorite part of this book. And Apollo directs her to hang the chimes in the tree. After some hesitation, she does, and then commands the trees to speak. A single voice booms from the wind chimes.
0: This is like
1: this proper is our
0: prophecy prof- music, so mm-hmm. not circus music anymore.
1: Are you sure? Because it's a, it's a limerick.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true.
1: All right. Here's this prophecy. There once was a God named Apollo who plunged in a cave blue and hollow upon a three seater. The bronze fire eater was forced death and madness to swallow.
0: So three-seater feels like it's like a chariot or it's even Festus. I almost called him Fargo. Festus. Huh. <laughs> Fargo. It could be the bronze fire eater as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Um, I don't know. I no longer think the cave is sad. I think oh. it's blue and, <laughs> blue and hollow.
1: Okay. Wow. How, where'd you get that from?
0: <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? It
1: was really smart. Yeah. <laughs> Apollo is appa- appalled that the prophecy, mm-hmm. I think I've made that joke before, that yeah. the prophecy would dare be a limerick. Like, he he kind of thinks it's the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Like, it's not, it's fair, but then he turns around and raps in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you can't insult limericks. You are also a,
0: offensive,
1: yeah. You yourself are a walking limerick, sir. Regardless of the awful delivery of the prophecy, Apollo says we need to talk to Rachel and Meg's dramatically like, there is no more we. She tells him to do what he needs to do, and that's her last order, and she releases him from her service. Apollo pleads with her, like he's like, no, my trash cherub, come back. Like in his inner monologue, he's like, I actually want to be in your service. I like you. And he tries to get through to her that Nero is the beast and he killed her father. She thinks that she can talk to Nero and make everything okay. She turns and flees with peaches and Apollo is left alone in the woods. To his surprise, he finds a lone arrow with an oak shaft and green fletching left at his feet. He picks it up and puts it in his quiver. Chapter 34. Uber's got nothing. Lift is weak. And taxis? Nah. My ride is de mom. (laughs) I think that's the worst I could so far. I have not read that one. I think like it I, I think it's the worst one we've had so far. Like it, I
0: think Rick should be arrested for that.
1: I one. think so too. And also, I'd like to disprove Rick's whole comment. I know there was someone asked like with him writing the new book, what time period it takes place in or something because it's like how is Percy still 18? How old is Percy? When's his birthday? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, like these exist outside of time, whatever. But why is he mentioning Uber and Lyft? Clearly, this series is like 2016. I mean, when he wrote it, he uses too many modern cultural references. This is all in my argument to say that Percy's actually, like, 30 years old now.
0: and <laughs> He's trying to get into college.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, but <laughs> it makes me mad that Rick was like, he's actually just, like, always going to be 18. And I'm like, well, then stop mentioning modern things, sir. If Yeah, stop dating the book. Well, he yeah.
0: cannot always be 18. And then, like, their main song, like, Grover's main song on his little pan flute thing is... Um, yeah. Hillary, Duff.
1: Come on. (laughs) It needs to be like a a period piece from like 2008, you know? Yeah. You know, (laughs) whatever that may be. Whatever that means. I hope the show is like 2008, whatever. I hope they use like accurate music, a lot of Fall Out Boy. They're going to
0: try to cater it, obviously, more towards getting new.
1: To the new youths. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because we're going to we, they have us in a chokehold. We're going to watch regardless. That's they don't true. need to cater to us.
1: That's true. They really don't. They don't. Yeah. And we're the ones who are like going to spend money. Like we're we're paying for our own Disney pluses at this point, you know, like you speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay for my own Netflix yet. I changed mm-hmm. their whole sharing but i don't really watch that much netflix
0: we'll see if they do something no longer have netflix i don't know i
1: don't know so the five demigods that were taken by the woods are all unbound and conscious now apollo tries his best to fill them in on what happened and in doing so he realizes that there must be more to nero's plan he's like nero couldn't like he left a little bit too easily He meant to distract Apollo away from the camp so he could attack it. And he remembers Nero's secret weapon, his Colossus Neronis, which is the giant statue of himself that he likened to Apollo. With perfect timing, the ground then shakes and they know the camp is under attack. (laughs) I was like, you know, we hated the mother ant in the whole part where he sang to it. Well, it gets worse, I feel, because Apollo is like, I have a genius idea. And he's like, lay down a beat to the other kids. <laughs> and then he starts to rap to the aunt mommy to get her to give them a ride. And he just calls her mama now. Like, he doesn't, he's like, I summoned mama. And he gives, she gives him and the other demigods and, like, the other ants ha- help a ride back to camp Um, that's under attack.
0: I think the worst part is, like, the details we're given, where, like, <laughs> Apollo is... Telling us that some of the Hermes kids can't really hold a beat or a tune, so he just makes them gently like break dance in the background. <laughs> it's, even right. it's even so worse. it's even more. We have this visual image of these like seven kids just like trying to lay down a beat, yeah, and dancing and just trying to talk to this aunt mom. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's pretty rough. I'm not, it's gonna bad. Lie.
1: It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think this book has too many ants and too many mommies. And that's my final stance. <laughs> I did have a note on a something. I think the main thread, and we'll probably talk about this more next week on like when we discuss the book as a whole, but the main thread of what I really like in this book is Apollo and Meg, specifically Meg. Mm. And I really like that he still goes after her and the whole time he's like going in the grove. He's honestly more concerned about like finding Meg than he is about finding, you know, the, the big tree. And he cares for her despite his her betrayal. And he says, "Just because she lied about being my friend did not mean I wasn't hers." And I thought that was oh, so cute. That's a good line. No, that almost saves it. It does. And then he yeah. turns around and raps to Aunt Mother's. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of unforgettable. What are Aunt mommies like? Like Aunt Mom, like Queen Queen Aunt? Like, is there a Queen Aunt? Yeah, Queen yeah. Aunt. Same. So yeah, are they like the same as life? Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah, the old wrinkled purple ant. But, like, what are they like? Are they the same as, like, Bigger? (laughs) Question, Um, what is the mother ant? They tend to have
0: wings. You clearly never lived in California where ants were harassing you every single day of your life. Yeah,
1: Clean ant. Is it the same where, like, they're the only one that reproduces? Yeah, she's the mother of all the other ants. Do you not um, her? Oh, they don't ends. need to mate to produce offspring. Love that for her. Um, all of her offspring will be female. Are ants girl bosses?
0: Are there no male ants? Are there are there boy ants? Is it like if she doesn't mate, she won't get any boys?
1: Um, every ant colony has one or more queens. Even though the worker ants are female, the queen is the only ant that can lay eggs. They have highly evolved social systems with three different castes, queens, males, and workers. So how, oh. where do the males come from? How are they born? Oh, are the males... No, but the queen is the only one that lays eggs. Yeah. So it says is most...
0: actually a lesbian
1: ant love story. So most ants you see are female, Where do the males come from? Wait, whoa, okay. This fact, it says male ants ants are pretty much just flying sperm is a big header of this fact. So unlike humans with X and Y chromosomes, an ant's sex is determined by the number of genome copies it possesses. Male ants develop from unfertilized eggs, so receive no genome from a father. This means that male ants don't have a father and cannot have sons. But they do have grandfathers and can have grandsons. What? So I guess but if the mom doesn't fertilize an a- who's fertilizing them? I have so many questions. I hope someone out there listening is like an ant expert, okay. you know, like this is their thing and I want them to explain to me I, why male ask, ants yeah, are I'm flying sperm. Oh. <laughs> are you... <laughs> Our friend, that'll be our new Google friend. They'll just give us yeah. the answers.
0: If queen ants only lay female eggs, where did the men boy come ants
1: come from? Whoa, did you. After sex, male ants don't also eat known for as weeks.
0: Drones. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing he said.
1: Huh. Oh, they have the same, the male ants die after sex. Yeah. Love that.
0: Oh, so like, it's like if mommy, oh, sorry, mama. Mama, yeah, God. If she doesn't (laughs) see any men, she'll just continue to like make women. And once in a while, if there's a guy, she'll use him for one time.
1: But like, where did the first, where did the guy come from?
0: (laughs) Is it the chicken or the egg? (laughs) All right. Um, I think we're getting a bit too off yeah. track. If someone knows, let us know. But I have a feeling that no one knows.
1: Anyways, it's your turn for your chapters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, chapters 35 through 36. So, chapter 35 Buck Naked Statue, a Neurotic Colossus, Where Earth Die Undies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So a giant, naked statue of Nero has made its way to Long Island. Apollo notes that the statue looks more like Apollo than Nero, except for the beard and a little bit of the nose. Apollo surmises that this is because Nero tried to hide his ugliness to make him look more like actually a sun god, and so in doing so, Nero actually built a giant Apollo statue. So Will and Nico have capsized in Camp Half-Blood Lake, presumably while they were like out canoeing, Probably romantically, when the statue made its entrance, Chiron is shooting arrows at the statue with great aim because you know he is a skilled archer. Even though he has up until this point not really participated when yeah. camp was under attack, yeah, he's something else. But the arrows out. don't you know, for once in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the arrows aren't doing much. And I was like, I'm begging this camp to invest in some better artillery. Like, yeah. the other kids are doing things with, like, blowing things up and shooting flamethrowers and stuff like that. But can you imagine if they had better missiles and, like,
1: yeah. guns? I don't know. If they put the Harley to use, they should make Harley yeah. make actual, like, weapons instead of fun <laughs> games where people die.
0: Where their own campers die, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kayla asks Apollo what to do, and he realizes he's kind of the last adult really left. even though he's 17, body-wise. Uh-huh. Normally, he would have sent, a, like, a demigod to complete his quest like Percy, or he would have turned to Meg for advice, but since he has neither of those options anymore, he decides to aim for the statue himself. He asks Mama to give them one more chance near the head of the giant colossus before setting them down on the beach. She, like, He uses a lot of flattery to get what he wants. Uh-huh. Apollo notes the rest of the campers are doing their part, throwing whatever they can at the statue. The um, poem Where Arth Die Undies comes from the fact of the Athena counselor is being a great war leader, but Apollo notes that he is not wearing any pants. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, okay. Interesting. As the ants close in, the statue smacks them down. The ants dive, narrowly missing the statue, but their wings are clipped and everyone crash lands on the beach. On the beach, everyone slowly rises and Apollo sends Mama and the other ants off. Hopefully, we never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> because he knows ever? I know they're going to come in the last book. There's going to be another fight at camp because this camp can never know peace and Mama's going to fly in and I'm just going to throw my book across. She'll be the
1: rapping. Way. She's She'll learned. learn how to run. She's evolved.
0: <laughs> Basically, Apollo knows that he can't ask anything more from the ants. He's like, I can't ask you to risk your lives for us. And the ants are like, yeah, you can. So they'd peace out. They don't say this because you know they don't know how to speak, but you know. <laughs> Nico and Will join the small group on the beach and they ask for the plan. The statue moves towards them and Apollo suddenly gets an idea involving the statue's head and arrows. He tells half of the group to scatter and he and his children to join. um, So, and asks his children to join him just as a statue's foot stomps onto the beach and nearly crushes them. Okay. Chapter 36. This chapter really broke me. I want you to know. This is like when I like read it and I was like, why? Like, what was the point of all of this? Yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. Chapter 36. I love me some plague when it's on the right arrow. Kabam. You dead bro. <laughs> Apollo points to Sherman Yank's chariot and tells the group they need to somehow commandeer it. Nico takes this opportunity to shadow travel with Will over to the chariot and deal with it. Apollo tells Kayla and Austin that if he misses, they have to take over. And this is when he explains his plan. His plan is to enchant an arrow with the plague and shoot it into the ear of the Colossus. It's the only opening... In the statue and its hollow, so it should travel straight into its gears and essentially disable the giant statue. Will and Nico have stolen Sherman's chariot and return it to Apollo. Will says the chariot only fits three and Nico's anyway about to pass out from shadow traveling. So Nico promptly does as soon as Will says it. So Kayla, Apollo, and Austin take over. As they take to the sky, Apollo looks at his only arrow. It's that weird oak one from the grove. And he's like trying to remember how to enchant it with the plague. Like what he has to say, what spell he has to recite. And at that moment, the arrow speaks <laughs> and tells him not to enchant it. Of course, it speaks in like old timey way. Uh-huh.
1: I think the arrow is like a very hated figure from this series. Like I think people just it hate it. It
0: continues. Like, oh, Yeah. Oh, this arrow made me want to murder this. Yeah, this was yeah. the thing I was just like, okay. So the arrow is just speaking to Apollo. And he's te- it's telling him that he can't use it to enchant. To be to use it as its purpose because it's magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the statue has crushed the dining pavilion with its feet. So there's not a lot of time nice. to dwell. Apollo, you know, he agrees he can't use the magic talking arrow, but the arrow itself somehow points out that there's more arrows the ones that were shot by chiron in the statue's <laughs> armpit they fly to the armpit and kayla rips out a handful burning her hand unfortunately only one of the arrows is actually usable so apollo's like i have one shot one opportunity you cannot miss apollo after all of this realizes he cannot remember what the spell <laughs> is for blades. And he can't even, even, he does remember, he's like, this is actually a bad plan because it's going to take me way too long to, like, make the plague spell, uh, apply it to the right arrow, shoot the arrow, hope it works, and then that time the Colossus will have stamped out the entire camp. So he's failed. Now the point of the whole chapter. But suddenly, from somewhere behind the Colossus, a voice shouts, Hey, bronze butt. And it's Percy Jackson leaping Mm -hmm. from the shadows on a hellhound.
1: This is all leery.
0: Yes. Bringing her back. Um, I'm always happy to see Percy. Like, I have no... My anger does not stem from that. The anger stems from, like, this lead up of, like, Apollo's like, I have a plan. He gets everyone together. Everyone's moving together. They're constructing it. And he doesn't even have, like, a fraction of a plan. Like, it's not like he tries it and it fails. He, like, is sitting there trying to gather up the resources to maybe implement a somewhat half-baked plan. And then halfway through that, he's like, oh, I don't have this, actually.
1: Yeah. I feel like it is a good way to show, like, to Apollo that like it's not you know as a god he was probably like oh the demigods will just fight this battle for me and now he's like in the battle and realizing that like he's kind of useless and it's not that easy unless you're percy jackson then it's and then then it's easy
0: (laughs) well my notes were basically that this was such a stupid fight scene like too much (laughs) was going on apollo has nothing to provide Also, just that the giant statue just stomps around, which is, it feels insane to me that the previous villains have been Kronos with the entire army that he's built. And then after that, it was the entire army straight from Tartarus and Gaia herself. And then now we have a statue that kind of looks like Apollo, just like squatting ants out of the sky. And they're like, this is our demise. I understand the camp is like only 10 people. In this sec- like this time of year and all of the missing people and stuff like that. But yeah. It was not it was it was kind of a letdown. Being yeah. like this is going to be the pinnacle like of the plot of this book. And it
1: mm-hmm. was this. Yeah, this book is definitely just like to set up the rest of the books, I feel like.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I usually predict what's gonna happen in the next chapters, but I was like, I genuinely cannot tell you where this book is going because we're almost at the end. Percy's flying in. There's literally only four <laughs> chapters left.
1: There's He's three. going to
0: save the day. There's three? Okay, so there's three chapters left. Mm-hmm. One of them, Percy saves the day. Second yes. one, they all sit around and talk about their feelings and talk about yes. what's going to ha- have mm-hmm. to happen. Last chapter, something has to happen. Like some kind of cliffhanger. Yeah. In Uh, The Lightning Thief, it was incredible because the last chapter was, like, the second to last chapter was, like, Luke being like, it was I all along. (laughs) And eight-year-old me was shitting bricks. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine that's going to happen here. No. And if it does, I don't – unless it's Will and Nico who betray everybody. I can't imagine being emotionally invested in whoever. (laughs) This is actually Chiron. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. That would be so great. And everyone's like, yeah, we totally knew you were sabotaging us.
1: Who else would do this to
0: us? (laughs) You're like,
1: is this another game of yours?
0: Ah, yeah. I'm definitely, I think it's going to help because I didn't like this book. I mean, who knows? Maybe the last three chapters will change my mind. Yeah. Going into the next one, my expectations will be much lower. So you Mm -hmm. can't really fuck up.
1: Yeah. 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 Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. I remember not being as big of a fan as the second of the second one.
0: Like, <laughs> of the whole series.
1: Like, I remember, re- I think the last one was probably my favorite. Hmm. I don't know.
0: Well, my last note is Will and Nico really save these mm-hmm. chapters for me, seeing them interact. They're also really funny. Yeah. With each other and just the dialogues they have. I don't think Nico was allowed to be funny. He was allowed to be dramatic in PJO. And he's a yeah. little bit funny in Heroes of Olympus, but he's, like, genuinely very funny now. Like, clearly yeah. being in love makes him funny.
1: I love that for Nico. Yeah. Yeah, but anytime Will and Nico are there, I'm just, like, it, it lifts the book so much.
0: Oh, so much. And I was, like, maybe I, like, as I as when I was typing this, I was really mad about the <laughs> content. So I was, like, maybe I'm just, I just, like, there's, like, a limit of how much rapping and dancing yeah. I can take in an adventure book. And I reached the limit like in the yeah. first couple of chapters and it's just I'm, been piling
1: on. I think I'll put a poll on Instagram of like if people like singing and like dance battling in books. Because I'm mm. like, are we just like really cynical and mm-hmm. lame? Or is this like a bad choice, you know?
0: I totally understand that Apollo is the god of music. Like it makes sense True. that he would have to sing this much. It's just when he is trying to be relatable so he's singing the YMCA and he's singing (laughs) these songs and I'm like Rick is dating the book by introducing music yeah that is dated to the time anyway
1: well like sucks you out of the world the world building and I think too like this is not just this book like in a lot of like I guess this is considered like low fantasy where it's a realistic fantasy where it's like built into our world, but it's a separate world. But like when Mm -hmm. they make a lot of references to like our modern world, it kind of like takes you out as a reader of like, you know, when he mentions Uber, it's just kind of like, oh, this is in 2016 or now, or like your brain just like gets out of the world.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. All righty. Let's do the lightning bolt questions. Hmm. So we got this. I can't remember if this was emailed or on Instagram. I just put it in the in the list of questions. But um, Kartik sent us the question, how would you want your own huge killer machine to look like and how would you use it?
0: Um, Let's see. How would I want my, I think not having it humanoid.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think if it's more some kind of animal, it also gives you more freedom in the way that it looks. Like you can add a lot more limbs, you can make it a lot more mystical looking. So my killer machine statue would probably have lots of legs. Like a spider? Spider. Mm -hmm. Or more like an octopus, but land.
1: Oh, Oh. isn't that a spider?
0: (laughs) Isn't a spider a (laughs) land octopus? (laughs) Yeah, I get It's just a little, like a lot more blobby than a spider. Mm, yeah, less like a little like more wiggly. Sharp, yeah, less sharp mm. angles, more curves. And you want to be a curvy statue? A curvy statue. Yeah,
1: I think I want a land octopus as my killing machine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And kraken not a spider. The kraken, <laughs> yeah. but a land yeah. kraken. A land kraken. Okay. How would you use it?
0: <laughs> um, I'd use it on land. Oh, no way <laughs> and um it would like how would I use it in the sense of like how like, I don't know destroy buildings I guess yeah I, I'm imagining it like wrapping itself around a building and then bringing like how a kraken takes down a ship but my brain thought you land. meant
1: wrapping like Apollo was wrapping oh, for a second and no. I was like don't bring that into this <laughs> it's just wrapping as it goes around a building <sighs> um, okay, what would I want? I feel like, yeah, I agree, not humanoid, because humans have too many weaknesses, you know? Like yeah, okay. when it's built like a human, we have weaknesses. Something that doesn't have weaknesses, like a bear or like a large <laughs> ball <laughs> with a limb. Bear. A bear. <laughs> like a robot bear. do you know what is a flawless immortal creature the bear (laughs) the bear like a grizzly bear i don't know i feel like they'd be like hard to fight (laughs) yeah i mean that's true have you ever tried i haven't (laughs) no plan to and a lot of men think they can fight a grizzly bear
0: they do isn't that crazy
1: yeah we should ask all of the men we know in real life if they think like they could fight a grizzly bear
0: I was asking a lot of people last year, I remember, because um, my brother and I started this, where it's like, what is the kind of animal, like, what is the the, the most, I guess, powerful animal you think you could take on
1: in a mm. fight? Um, very few of them. Yeah. The, remember like those a like squirrel.
0: An yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even a squirrel. I don't know, dude. It They're has fast. Teeth. They're yeah.
1: fast. Yeah. Like an ant. Ants are really, as we've learned. They're quite powerful, so. Mm. Um. But yeah, I think like a bear <laughs> machine, or my other thought was like a giant ball that has no, like it's all armor. There's no like weak spot, you know? It's just like a smooth sphere, but I guess it has to grow legs, <laughs> to just rolls <laughs> What is the- Waterproof. Incredibles. It needs to be waterproof. Oh, what is that thing?
0: That, that, that sphere thing that rolls around the little head. I think and that's what I'm imagining. it also has tentacle
1: things. Oh, that's definitely what I'm light. seeing in my head. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. There it is. The it Yeah, here. I don't remember what it was called. I don't think they have a name. No. Okay, my question, since there were so many prophecies, have you ever received a prophecy? And you can interpret that however you want. <laughs> How
0: would you interpret it first? And then I'll go after
1: you. Um so I'm like I don't know, some like a psychic vision, a weird dream. I feel like I've oh. had psychic dreams, but that's not what I'm going to share. I feel like that'll go too dark. But <laughs> um I have
0: Aaron predicts my death on this yeah.
1: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have played with a Ouija board when I was in middle school. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this story, but me and the group I was with all asked, because we were in middle school, who would take us to homecoming the next year? And it predicted correctly. For so, everyone? Yeah.
0: It predicted some wild ass things for other things. It did. Though, it did, did predict some
1: really off base things for other, other people. Uh, but some of the predictions with the homecoming thing were like weird. And it was like a year before. And like one of them was like a guy that was like low key stalking, like he was kind of a stalker to me. Mm. Um,
0: looking back, we always have to have one of them in our lives. Yeah,
1: but the other one,
0: yeah,
1: one of the other ones it predicted was like someone who we did not talk to, and then like out of the blue, a few months before homecoming, like started like talking to, um, the person who was our friend, (laughs) and it was really strange. But it also said some really off-base things. So, mm-hmm. you know, to each their own. I've not played with the Ouija board since. I don't know what I think about them. I don't have a strong leaning. Because it did get a lot of things wrong, so.
0: Mm. Well, my cousin had a palm reader. No palm reader. Tarot card reader at mm-hmm. her wedding this oh, December. Yeah. And obviously my entire family was there. So they sent me over. This woman did not. Even look at my cards. Look at me. <laughs> Everything she predicted was crazy. I love that. She, she was like, I see like past, present, future. She was clearly on a time crunch. So she was mm-hmm. like flying through me. Yeah. She's like, you're doing really well in your job. I, I am in school. I'm not working currently. She's like, you're a boss. <laughs> I'm currently not working. Uh, She's like, oh, I see that uh, you'll be married within the year. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And then let's two go. kids. Okay.
1: Yeah. Within and the so year, we tra- or- that's what we were
0: trying to interpret. If it's going to be within the year, or if it's in that my lifetime, quick. That's my husband's going to love me a lot, lot. yeah,
1: yeah. You're going to have twins, then- apparently.
0: Well, the unfortunate thing is that then you know this was announced to my entire family, mm, and so, so now they know everyone they're ready, they're ready. So the joke of the entire trip was, oh, we got to find. My family took it as in within the that year, so it was December, and they're like, we have one
1: month to get her married. <laughs> What's the joke? <laughs> yeah and for you to have but two children
0: <laughs> two children
1: yeah i've gotten a lot of
0: really poor palm reading in yeah um tarot like none of them have been correct in my life yeah
1: yeah mm. maybe Crazy. you're just closed off to it
0: that, no i don't think i've ever true. gotten
1: like a super accurate palm reading or tarot from someone else i've gotten accurate tarot from like well, I guess from other people that I know, but no one I've ever paid for it. Like from mm-hmm. friends or myself doing tarot, I've gotten actually, good ones, but I've yeah, never gotten a good time. one. Like the one time I paid for it, it was like really inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So don't pay for it. Well, that sounds mean because people like make it their whole career and like might actually have a, have a talent or skill, but...
0: Well, the one, the only one that was like semi-accurate to the time was when you read, uh, did tarot card reading for me a couple mm. of years ago. Nice. Yeah. Yay. And it was like, oh, Tell okay. Me. But it was, yeah, it was like very much about like crossroads and stuff like that. Mm. And we was like very lucky because, you know, we were like what, 22, yeah. 23 mm-hmm. where everyone was at crossroads. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, my question is, um, which God do you think is? you would want to like make a statue look like like which mm. the way that Nero made his statue look more like Apollo but a bits of him
1: what does my bear what, look like
0: <laughs> well it's more of like what you like it's you but you just have a lot of cool garments because you're more like this god essentially
1: I mean I think I'd want to look like Aphrodite <laughs> just be like really hot like people just look at the statue and they're like stunned for a second because of how hot it is
0: but she's like in the sh- like the Venus the birth of Venus kind of style is what I'm thinking mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. see like I wouldn't want Persephone not be I like I would want Persephone because like oh cool that like, she'd have like a lot of flowers but also like a skull like that's pretty yeah. badass to have you know more than one thing. But, like, the only statues I can really think of that are famous of Persephone are is, like, is like what is it? The rape of Persephone.
1: Oh, yikes. Yeah. And that's, that's it's like a
0: beautifully done statue, but it's, you know, pretty her- horrendous. And that's not yeah. what I want. You're not going to so. be
1: attacking people with that. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, like, Honestly, assuming Athena's we're attacking cool.
0: people.
1: Yeah. Athena would be really cool to have your statue look like her. Well okay <laughs> <laughs> nailed it what a
0: variety of questions yeah we went on quite a few tangents in this episode
1: sorry i Oops. feel like this the content of these chapters was just like so all over the place that we had to also be all over the place
0: Well we always are a little unhinged
1: so, yeah
0: you know yeah. there's the baseline that's anyway. fine
1: god well, i just can't i can't wait for the show
0: i'm so excited. i feel like
1: the farther we get from the pjl books the more i'm like oh i can't wait to go back to it because it's been so long like it's been since i haven't read them since we did them on this podcast so it's yeah, gonna be but
0: almost two years ago now yeah crazy wild Yeah, and it'll be really cool to see how they do visuals and mm-hmm. I don't know, i'm really excited yeah Alright, well next time we are ending the book. We're getting to the, the finishing of this book. I don't know what that means. I uh-huh. is there a setup? Is there a climax that finally happens? Oh uh-huh. no. Chapter 37 to the end.
1: Yes. Um if you are interested in supporting us on Patreon, that link is in the episode description, as well as a link to send us an audio message. Which I need to go listen to the ones that have been sent because I'm crooked.
0: As always, our social media is at Camp Half Pod. Our email is camphalfpod at gmail.com.
1: Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to us.
0: See you next time.
1: Bye.